Hello, this is Alexander Siddig, and you're listening to Neil Before Pod, and don't tune out. Neil Before Pod presents... Neil Before Pod. Hello, and welcome to Neil Before Pod. I am Craig McKenzie. Uh, welcome along to the podcast that recently wrapped... It's very own Christmas present, so we get to unwrap exactly what we want on Christmas Day, which is the way it should be. Joining me today to talk about Elseworlds, DC's recent crossover in the Arrowverse, I have Chris McCrell. How are you doing? Hang on. Something's not right here. No, don't, don't interrupt, man. I'm trying, to do, I'm trying to do the introduction here. I'm trying to do... I don't do live introductions. Don't. You know. I don't know. I, I woke up this morning and... It was very strange. I didn't feel like I was in the right place, or shouldn't I be introducing a podcast? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I seem to have somehow found the ability to introduce podcasts that I didn't have before. And did, and did you happen to wake up a lot closer to town than usual? Yeah, my commute wasn't quite as long as normal. And did your employer wonder who the hell you were as well? There was a little bit of that going on, and I just thought, well, I'll better get on with it, and I just picked up from there. Ah, I think something very strange is going on here. Something very, very strange. Something very strange. <laughs> anyway. But we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, we'll, straighten, we'll straighten it out. They'll this, all go all right in the edit. I think this bit is one of the lamest things we've ever done. But I, uh, I think so. It, it may not last. <laughs> <laughs> So I think before we figure this out, we should move on to kneeling before and rising against stuff. That sounds like what we would normally do. It does. So as the host for a change, you can go first. Oh, great. Okay. Um, So kneeling before. Um, Now, we've all kind of expected that we're going to get a follow up to uh, Into the Spider-Verse. We've all kind of expected it to be coming. It's kind of been semi-announced. However... In an interview this week, Amy Pascal, who sort of does different bits and pieces for Sony, has gone into further details about what's coming up. So we are going to be getting a sequel featuring Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy as a romance. Oh, not a romance. A romance. They held off the romance in the first place because they wanted to establish her as a hero first and a love interest second, apparently, (laughs) in the most corporate way of, of putting that over. However... There is also going to be another spin-off, specifically Spider-Gwen, which is also going to have Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman, and uh, Cindy Moon Silk in it. So I'm guessing so that live-action like, Silk film is off the table. Well, <laughs> well, at the same time, at the same time, they've also announced that they are going to be doing some uh, live-action movies. Um, now... The name I kind of want to rise against. I know I'm not allowed to roll them into one. I'm going to title this as good news. I'm going to spin it positively as good news. I am going to kneel before it. However, they are calling it Sony's Universe of Marvel Characters, or the (laughs) SUMC. That is an official name for that thing. Oh, my God. And it makes me want to cry. However, that is what they have called it. Let's go with it is a good thing. (laughs) Um... This will make no difference when Apple buys Sony anyway, as per the rumours. Uh, 
Because I think if Apple buy them, I mean, I'm no legal expert here, but if Apple buy them, I think the rights revert back to Marvel completely. Oh, do they? Because, I I mean, I'm going by some half-read tweet, but it's apparently if Marvel, not Marvel, if Apple were to buy Sony, then Sony would no longer exist as an entity, so anything that's not proprietary would roll back to Mm. whoever once owned it. Anyone out there who's into all this legal stuff, let us know if we're wrong or or not. But um, I don't know. I think um, Sony have just Sony are doing the usual thing of we have a good thing. Now, how do we ruin it? <laughs> and and you know the Gwen and Miles romance thing doesn't really make any sense to me. Uh, I mean, spoilers. I'm not going to spoil Spider Verse, but like they did a really good job of establishing who Gwen was. And it's not necessary. So they're just kind of undercutting all the good work they did. The sort of animated spider women uh, team up. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Well, I'm pretty excited about that yeah. prospect. Um, and I think if they do a live action silk film, that is a character that you can't really do without Spider-Man. So come on, Sony, what are you playing at? Yeah, they have they have kind of said that it would be several years before Tom Holland fell out of his Marvel contract, though, which is like the, the strongest hint that this ain't happening uh, has uh, come out for a while. But yeah, I, I'm kind of the same as you. I really enjoyed Spider Verse. I know that we've not had the chance really to talk about it on the the podcast, but but we will. Uh, we I'm sure we will at some point. But really, really enjoyed that. So it getting a follow up, I'm happy about the sort of hints at what it's going to be. Not so much so. The sort of Spider-Woman, let's dub it, um, film sounds interesting and fun and different. And if they introduce all those characters in the same sort of fun way that they did with Spider-Verse, then I've got absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. So I'm going to pitch it all as good news, apart from the name. The S-U-M-C just doesn't quite have a massive ring to it. (laughs) No, Um, it really doesn't. It's, (laughs) It's not the best. But we we shall see. They finally managed to make a good Spider-Man film in-house at Sony. So, you know, well done, guys, for that one thing that you were good at, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and if any legal rights experts want to, like, weigh in on the whole contract. Yeah. Has, yeah. Anyone, has anyone that makes these comment pieces actually seen the contract, what's written in there? I don't know. I don't think it's a matter of public Because there was a similar kind of thing when it was like, Fox are getting bought over and this person's going to do that and the rights are all going to fly back this way and that way and the other way. And it was like, are they? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I have no idea. We will find out in time. Yes, we will. Uh, For my Neil Before, I'm going to Neil Before something that Jason Momoa said. I mean, he says a lot of cool stuff. He's a cool guy. You know, I'd love to have a beer with him. Um, maybe several beers, why not? Jason, if you're listening, give us a a shout. You know, we'll drink beer and take selfies, like in that film. Um, (laughs) What film, you ask? I won't tell you. uh, (laughs) Spoilers for selfies. (laughs) So, uh, he said that Henry Cavill isn't done as Superman. And I'm not sure what he knows about this sort of stuff. Maybe he's just not heard that they're bidding him. Maybe he knows something about a Justice League 2 or something that he's not that they haven't really announced yet. Maybe he's just talking so that he's heard. I don't know. But 
If Henry Cavill ain't done with Superman, I'm happy because I want to see more Henry Cavill as Superman. That would be great news if that was the case. All right, because I, I kind of liked Henry Cavill as Superman. I think he's kind of had a bit of a bum deal, and it's not really of his making. No, nah, it's not his fault. No, it's no. like a lot of people sort of go blame the actors that they've had for these roles, and you're going, eh, not really. You know, I think they've all done great with what they've been given. The problem is that what they've been given hasn't been particularly good. You know. Yeah, I think he's uh, suffered with some bad decision making, and then. He's just had to go with it and his moustache and all this stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Henry Cavill, possibly back as Superman. That's my kneel before. I mean, it's just kneeling before a statement by Jason Momoa that may or may not be accurate, but it's enough. Hey, I'm not me. brave enough to rise against Jason Momoa. No, I've got, well, I've got to say, geez. he can say what he wants. No, he is a, he is a big guy. He is a big guy. I wouldn't fancy my chances. Although I think he'd be too nice to start a fight as well. I get the impression that he's kind of a bit of a nice guy. I hope he is. Uh, he seems like he would be. Any of the, I know that chat shows and stuff aren't anything to go by, but he seems like quite a good guy, and he's worked his way up as well. He has. He's not suddenly shot up into this. He's been on tons of different TV shows and other bits and pieces. Someone like that doesn't get worked by being you know, a horrible guy, so you presume... I don't know. Bruce Willis. <laughs> mm. He's going to come after us now. All That's right. a suit. Yeah. So for legal reasons, you are Craig McKay. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Falling into his trap. Yeah, that's it. Uh. Uh, so that's that. Well, we'll move on to Rise Against, and you may go first. I may go first. Excellent. Um, <laughs> now I'm. I know we don't we don't get political on this podcast. However, I'm no, going to no. rise against a politicalish thing. Oh no. The Brexit TV movie, which has recently received its trailer, I'll starring Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yeah. Right. I saw this trailer and thought, <laughs> someone's done a really funny parody Brexit movie. Ah, that's... Oh my God, it's a real thing. It genuinely is a thing. It's going to be on TV. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch, and it's directed by a guy who's also directed episodes of Doctor Who, Black Mirror, and Sherlock. Mm. It's actually a thing. Is it just me? Or is it really difficult to get a story right when it has literally just happened and is in fact still happening at the same time? Too soon. Too soon, HBO. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the trailer suggests it's about how the, the election campaign was manipulated mm. and stuff. And I think it will be... I get the impression it's going to be widely sensationalised to the point as look at these evil scumbags and what they did mm. and how they made people vote. And it's got this whole thing about... These we're going to convince the people that never voted in their lives to vote, and like I'm not sure that's quite how it happened. Um, no, I think it's going to be a while before what truly happened didn't happen, was said or wasn't said ever comes to light. It's one of those ones that's like that this this hasn't even scabbed over yet for you to peel this off. This is still very raw in my head, so to, for it to be a, a movie of sorts already just seems a bit you know the thing it reminded me of was in the simpsons the episode where homer was accused of sexual harassment and i think in that i mean i can't remember because i haven't watched the episode recently and it only just occurred to me that this comparison now that you've brought it up it's the um you know that the i don't know how well you remember the episode but there's a point in the episode where there is a 
a dramatization of the events like playing out as a tv movie and i can't remember if it's hbo that have, they say make it within the universe of the show or not mm. but it's this whole idea of like characterizing homer simpson as this like lecherous fiend of a man who's like preying on this innocent babysitter and like uh, I, it almost feels like that, you know. The, the, <laughs> it does the, fair, actually. Yeah, we need to draw the, we need to draw the clear villain lines here. We need to do that, you know, so on. But uh, I don't know. I'll watch it because I'm morbidly curious. I I am curious, but I just feel it's too I, I, like films about events just seem to be getting closer and closer and closer to happening. Yeah, kind so, of at some point, eleven. Yeah. yeah, at some point we're going to be going to the cinema and watching things live on the telly, at which point that's called the news. <laughs> it's, well, I don't know. I would, I, would, already. I would watch some of those parliamentary debates as a, as a, as a film, as a feature <laughs> film, because, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but those were hilarious. <laughs> you know, the recent <laughs> stuff is just... You, yeah. you can't write it, it's that ludicrous. It's, <laughs> that's, it's that's getting a bit silly, yeah. but but let's not go down there. No. We'll be, um, we'll be here for several hours well, and several nothing hours. will be discussed. Yeah, nothing at all. Um, for my Rise Against, I'm going to go... I already gave this a kick in before, but there is a leaked poster, or what appears to be a leaked poster for Sonic. And it looks uh, dreadful. He looks terrible. I mean, I'm just going to... I don't know. I've written off this film already, I think, because it looks terrible. Just so bad. It just looks weird. It just looks very odd. But I I don't know. Would, would they go along the lines of what they did for like Space Jam and whatever, where it's, it's sort of cartoon drawn on top uh, anymore? Probably not. But No, it looks like he's a CGI looks... construct sort of pasted into the real world, which, you know, is, is fine. I mean, they do that all the time with various things. But... I'm just wondering what they're after here, you know, what they're trying to make, what the purpose of this whole thing is, and why the design is so ridiculous. I mean, I don't, we don't even know if it's real, but it looks real enough. I, yeah, I mean, this seems like it's it. It's out in enough places. The 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 imagery's been sort of shared about a bit, so it it looks like this is it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm kind of the same as you. I think it just looks very odd proportionally, and yeah. Plus, it matches the poster that we already got, like the the motion yeah. poster that I kicked in last time. <laughs> so, you know, I look forward to the next podcast where I give the, <laughs> the official poster a kick in or the yeah. trailer. Oh God, it's going to be like yeah, several months. I mean, of, oh. <laughs> you never know. Maybe once we see the trailer, it'll explain why he looks that way because maybe there's lots of other characters in this universe that look that way coming up uh, with excuses for them in my head before i've seen anything yeah. Uh, but yeah it, to me it looks awful it does not look like it's going to be a great thing it's yeah I've, I've kind of written it off there's yeah there's a bit of oh we've got this property and we've not done anything with it for a bit it's time that we did something with it so here it is yep. um that that's exactly what i think's happened here I do think we're going to end up with a Super Mario Brothers thing getting announced really soon. Uh, I mean, we must be within six to nine months of a Super Mario Brothers movie getting announced. And then the Super Mario Brothers Sonic crossover. 
<laughs> the shared universe of Mario oh and Sonic. You've said too much. Said too much. <laughs> There's someone, someone currently scribbling down. Go get that written down. Get that yeah, written down now. Like, this is gold. This is what the people want. <laughs> it's not what we want. Stop it. No. Yeah. Uh, they they exist in a very nice place, which is video games. They do not all need to appear over here. Nope. Yeah. They do not. Real real world policemen should not be fighting crime with Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> it just doesn't quite work. No. Maybe I will eat my words when this comes out, what, could, next could year happen. or whatever it could is. Yeah. Happen. yeah. So, speaking of crossovers, ah. we are here to discuss the annual crossover. The DC one that appears on TV, the event television that a few people seem to get excited about. Um... So we'll kick off with spoiler-free thoughts on the on the uh, thing. What are yours? What did you think? I enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. It is not my favourite of the crossovers that they have done. However, I thought it was very good. It's introduced a few characters and a few places into the universe, which I think is nice. Um, but yeah, it, I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was good. Yeah, I liked it as well. Um, I agree that it's not my favourite. That goes to Crisis on Earth X from last year. Absolutely loved that, pretty much from start to finish. This one was a, wasn't was what I was expecting. Heard a lot of stuff kind of in the run-up, all the imagery they teased and stuff. And, you know, it's one of those never, never set yourself expectations because then suddenly they won't meet them. And <laughs> I'd say that it wouldn't meet them. It feels like they kind of went back to... The the earlier crossover model of the Flash episode is a Flash episode, the Supergirl episode is a Supergirl episode, and so on. Um, which works and doesn't, and I'm sure we'll come on to that in due course. But I liked it. It was very funny. It was definitely very funny. And I do think it's one of the most humorous today. Yeah. I think, and, it, and a lot of the humour comes from basically poking fun at itself. Yeah. Um, as well, and poking fun at each other, obviously because of the the way it was, the swaps, yeah. um, sort of gave them the opportunity to all rip into each other. Yeah, pretty much. So, shall we uh, cross into this Earth spoiler, and then yeah, let's go free to discuss things. Oh, now that we're on Earth spoiler, I'm I suddenly feel more like myself again. Thank God for that. I, I don't know about you, but <laughs> everything feels right now. It all it all feels correct. Yeah. Of sorts. Yeah. That's good. Thank you, Earth Spoiler, for <laughs> fixing us. Yeah, yeah this, this bit is yeah. the best thing we've done. Yeah, we should have scripted this maybe or you know, planned no, no, no. at least no, no unscripted is the best. Unscripted, yeah. yeah. Improvisational podcasting. Yeah. So let's start with our Q and A section. Got a few questions, which is good. Some of them are almost definitely from real people. Almost definitely. Do we do we know? Are there the uh, real people from this Earth or one of the other ones? Doesn't matter. People are people. True. Doesn't matter what Earth they're from. There's a that's a political statement. Maybe I want that on a placard outside Parliament. Indeed, <laughs> people are people, no matter what Earth they come from. Yeah. So we have some sillyish questions and some seriousish questions. So do you want a seriousish or a sillyish? No, let's start serious and work our way silly. We'll start serious. Okay. This is from Andrew. 
Uh, do you prefer each episode to focus on its title character, i.e. the Flash episode revolving around Barry, Arrow episode revolving around Oliver, and Supergirl episode revolving around Kara? Or do you think the structure of Crisis on Earth-X was better, as in having the whole thing as a gigantic free-for-all with the show's characters just appearing as necessary? Um, good question. I kind of like the fact that they basically get jumbled in at this point. They accept the fact it's a crossover and it's a known thing and they just go in and let rip. Though though at the same time, they really try and shoehorn that show's characters into the story of that episode. It never feels like it's an episode of that show because normally whatever storyline is going on at that point is completely like pinged into the distance. You might get a little bit of something a little nod to something that's going on, but normally it's just whatever the the imminent crisis is in that particular series disappears uh, while the crossover takes place. So I kind of like a bit of the free-for-all where they just admit the fact that, yeah, we're going to jump over to Kara's Earth, grab Kara from whatever she's doing, come back to our Earth, go over somewhere else, you know, and they just sort of interrupt each other's process and whatever they're doing at that time yeah i'm much more a fan of the miniseries idea um sort of the the invasion crossover was the weirdest hybrid of those two ideas so you had the you know the flash episode that where mm. you, they picked up the the kid flash stuff you know that was the first time that he sort of saved the day with his powers and stuff and um, it kind of gets in the way of like the main story and then you had that middle episode that was Arrow's 100th episode that basically it had Tara and Barry like mucking around fighting a cyborg or something and it's you know it's just busy work really um, well Arrow just has its due as its 100th episode as it should but um, at least they fixed that this year by having the Flash's 100th episode not as part of the crossover because mm. that would have been super awkward but um, as was proven with Arrow, so they're kind of learning from those those foibles of the past. But um, so this one was a weird hybrid. But like, you know, the, Oliver, Kara, and Barry were the, still effectively the main characters, and everyone kind of got pushed to the side. But as you say, they picked up little threads here and there. They picked up the whole. I mean, we'll discuss it more in the um, when we do the mid-season roundups. Whenever we do them, but the the whole. Oliver and Felicity angst that's kind of resolved. Mm. Um, uh, nothing that Barry's doing is really referenced or resolved. I was, was going to say, for uh, um, for Flash, there wasn't really any of the current storyline there at all, apart from the fact that you had sort of the Sherlock character floating about, and that was about it. And they said, and they said something about Cicada. Mm. Uh, also in Supergirl... There was the whole, I've been asked to give up my identity thing was, was mentioned. But weirdly, her stuff was more about Superman than about her. Um, yeah. So I found Kara to be a bit of a supporting player, which we'll kind of discuss a bit more. So I liked that there was potentially a through line, but I much prefer the miniseries approach. It makes it feel more event-like. Um, you know, the Crisis on Earth-X last year had its own title card. For the whole thing. And this had an Elseworlds title card, but it would kind of spin round to reveal the, the logo for the show that was on mm. as you were watching it. So they were they were doing it a bit of a halfway house. 
so yeah, definitely a mini series. Do a mini series every time. Absolutely. Yeah, I would. I would say try and separate it off as best you can because otherwise it, it ties it up. It doesn't give you, or it doesn't give them as free reign to do as good a crossover story. Yeah, if they're also having to throw stuff in, I know it probably involves a lot of cooperation from the writers of the other shows. Going, no, you can't do. You can't drop this bombshell yet because if you do. <laughs> You know, your character's not going to be in the right place when it comes to this crossover whatsoever, you know. Or then we're going to have to reference it there. So, logistically, I imagine it must be an absolute nightmare for the the people in these shows to basically give up an episode in the middle and go, you can't do anything with this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I read read something. They were talking about post-invasion pre-crisis on Earth X, and they were talking about all the logistical planning that needs to go into making these things happen. So what it is is, you know, you have to take all this extra time out because... Stephen Amell, Melissa Benoist and Grant Gustin, as well as whoever else is important in the crossover, have to do extra work. So they have to, you know, they have to be available to film these extra episodes, which means whoever has a prominent role in the crossover doesn't have as prob or can't have as prominent a role throughout the season because they still have to keep to the usual filming schedules. So that's why last year you had Cara and um alex falling asleep for an episode you know mm-hmm. as as like they they cut to their younger selves or i mean i forget what they did with oliver and barry but um yeah there was prison f- mm-hmm. uh, for i think barry was in prison wasn't he yeah. in the last one for a bit and I'm so sure that was a cut oliver. down bit oliver yeah. was there not an episode where he didn't feature at all because he went i can't remember yeah. And Sarah was in a coma for a full episode of Legends as well. So and that's you know, trash. <laughs> that kept her out. So you've got kind of that. So at least if they stick to the strict filming schedule that they've got for the main shows, you've got... So the supporting characters, they'll be prominent as they would anyway. So, you know, you'll have Candice Patton filming her stuff for Flash and then you don't see her again because you don't need to. Um, you've got... Um, yeah, you've got the Arrow supporting cast who mostly don't appear actually in his episode. Come to think of it, um, yeah, not really. There wasn't there wasn't well, a like ton Curtis of does, Arrow but, cast uh, throughout. Yeah. I mean, Flash. You got Cisco, and um, the name has just completely disappeared out of my head. Oh my god, that's terrible, Caitlin. Caitlin, yeah. Well, they were on all three. Yeah. They, 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 they managed to stay throughout, and they were there in the last. And then uh, there were some Supergirl characters sort of peppered in the in the third episode as well, in the Supergirl yeah. episode, as you would expect, but obviously not in their usual place. Yeah, so it seems like the, the Flash characters get more attention in these crossovers, probably because they're more useful when it comes to the mental stuff. Um, you know, Cisco is more useful when you're dealing with multiple Earths and mm. uh, they deal with the more fantastical stuff all the time. It doesn't, you know, what use is White Canary going to be? White Canary? Black Canary going to be in, in this scenario, mm. for example. Um, just wonder where Nora was. Never mind. That's true. Nora was kind of like completely gone. I mean, there was like the 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 little mention of Cicada in there, but there was nothing yeah. about her. Yeah. Yeah, so I think in this instance they tried to keep to the filming schedules as much as possible. So you're only giving the main characters or main actors more work. And then I think, you know, you had, well, the the prison storyline, you had points where Oliver was barely in an episode or, you know, it was very contained. Mm. But the thing is, with him in prison, it's very easy just to film all his stuff, like, on a different sort of schedule, I'm guessing, because he's in one place and 
you know, you you can sort of film that separately. He doesn't have to correspond with the other actors' schedules because he's not interacting with them. Mm. Um, Cara had an episode where she was just doing voiceover <laughs> and and close ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that was indeed for that, I think it, uh, some suggest it was for Broadway. But again, we'll talk about that more in the, the actual episode and uh, where we talk about the mid season stuff. And um, yeah, I can't think of anything that Barry did to just disappear for a while. But never mind. Um, yeah, they just have to overwork these guys for the purposes of three hmm. episodes a year or four episodes a year. So yeah, it's hard. So to answer your question, Andrew, mini series. Yeah, well, let's go for that. Yeah. Okay, we'll go for a sillyish question now. Um, <laughs> would you have liked to see Kate flirt more with Kara for comedy awkwardness? That is from Susan. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really funny. The whole uh, you've got a lot of tattoos. Those are those are just the ones you can see. And then she went all <laughs> she got all flustered. Yeah, and, and all, all flushed. Look. Though yeah. though though, I imagine that she suddenly had a look back and X-rayed and went, "Oh, she does have lots of tattoos." Well, absolute violation of privacy. Oh you yeah, know, it's like oh yeah, just uh, look through your costume. By the way, hi Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I know who you are, and yeah. I know where all your tattoos are. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, well, Batwoman is one of the more famed lesbian characters in comic books. So I don't know. Um, I guess it's a. Uh, there's always going to be the temptation from TV writers to have. If you have two gay characters in a story, they will inevitably hook up at some point. You know, just like Alex and Sarah from last year. Um, so I'm kind of glad they didn't do the Alex Kate thing this year mm. uh, because it would have just been a bit too on the nose um, the fact that Kate flirts with we assume a straight woman Cara might not be there's nothing to suggest she isn't bisexual in some way I don't know um, maybe she is maybe she isn't but yeah I would have liked to see that I liked their dynamic I think uh, you know as brief as it was uh, I enjoyed seeing them bounce off each other there was a fun bit where they sort of seemed to genuinely think that it would be good to work well together or yeah. work together. So, yeah. World's finest. Yeah. Hashtag comic reference. Yeah. So, is that that question answered? Yes. I think so. On yes. both counts. Yeah. Okay, this is from Julie. Why didn't Kara tell the guys that Batman is real and is secretly Bruce Wayne? Because that would be revealing his secret identity and she probably didn't want to. I I kind of think that she was trying to respect Kate's privacy, at least to other people, if not to her. But <laughs> but I also get... You know, there, there's all this kind of unspoken trust that exists between all these characters where they just tell each other everything. They don't seem to keep secrets or other people's secrets from each other. So you've got... I mean, whenever whoever city they're in, they cut about in whatever base camp that they have in that particular city, and everyone's happy just knowing each other. You know, when Barry turned up on Kara's Earth in that season one episode of Supergirl, um, she was content just to be like, "Hey, this is Barry, and uh, he's like really fast, and uh, this is James and Wynn, and they now know all about you being really fast." So there seems to be this implication that. My friends are allowed to know your secrets as well, I guess, that that seems to go on. Yeah, I suppose it's meet my team and, yeah. I suppose with Barry when it was over in Supergirl, 
It was more the fact it wasn't his earth, and like the Barry yeah. Allen there isn't the Flash, so it doesn't make a difference if people on that earth know who he is or not. Yeah. I know that in this world where people are now jumping uh, jumping earths like nobody's business, it's like catching the local bus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with villains crossing over and all sorts. But, um, yeah, I suppose in that aspect, I would go, yeah, well, he was just kind of popping in. It's not his earth, so it doesn't matter if people know his identity. But, yeah, it does seem a bit more... Uh, weird when they they sort of go and now everyone knows who you are or they they just i think it was an arrow where they gave away barry's identity as well to malcolm merlin or something yeah yeah where he broke them out of prison (laughs) it was like oh thanks barry it's like great yeah yeah thanks barry it's all great tell the supervillain my secret identity (laughs) and then it's the bit where um barry's sitting unmasked during the first crossover uh just in in oliver's basement basement lair thing and um lila was there and it's like what she's your wife it's fine (laughs) (laughs) you know it's uh it's it's just weird the secret identity thing seems to exist when it needs to exist but i think between that circle of people it doesn't make sense that they keep those secrets it just because they don't keep any other secrets so they just yeah if you if you if you clipe on me then i'll clipe on you kind of thing so they've all got that one over on each other i suppose but um, yeah, I did. I did like that. Even when he was walking about um, the police precinct in this, was it the second episode where we had Oliver walking about in the the police station with with the the flash hood down? The and first it, episode. Oh, it was Argus. That's where it was. Sorry. Oh no, it was the second episode. Uh, when they were at Argus, and he's he's not wearing his uh, mask. It's like it's me. It's not actually you. <laughs> yeah it's like don't walk around here with your mask off <laughs> yeah um maybe cara didn't feel like it was her secret to tell i suppose um although she did seem to enjoy hinting at it isn't it strange that bruce wayne and batman disappeared at the same time and then, and then kate was like no no bruce disappeared because batman disappeared <laughs> like, oh well that explains it thanks <laughs> thanks very much yeah, yeah. And then, no, it was, uh, yeah, I suppose she, is, she sort of danced around it to go, are you going to reveal it? Are you going to reveal it? Yeah. Sort of prod her towards doing it, and then she didn't, so. And then there was the idea of um, Batman exists on both Earths. I mean, the Earth 1 version seems to be a bit more morose. He's like, nah, screw it, I'm off, I'm leaving Gotham behind. I mean, that that's what I said I would do if I was Batman, and during the 100th episode, if you recall, when I, when I asked if I could have in or if i could be any superhero but also have to accept their backstory i said i would be batman and then i would stop being batman <laughs> and, then and then just be just rich leave, yeah, just leave and be a billionaire yeah be um, rich and be somewhere else yeah it yeah. sounds like it sounds like earth one batman's taking your advice and just... <laughs> yes give a give me a couple of years well if it was me if you give me a couple of years i'll end up looking like christian bale in his new film <laughs> <laughs> couple of years of the billionaire lifestyle so wonder if i'm still alive you know <laughs> uh, so yeah earth one bruce you're welcome to steal my idea i hope you're having a good time but the suggestion is the earth 38 version of batman is still active and is frenemies with superman mm-hmm. so i think it's only a matter of time before we'll see batman in this in these shows apparently they're not allowed to show him legally or contractually or whatever so i think they'll get around that at some point and we'll finally see him Especially if we get a Batwoman show, because 
well, obviously they'll need to address that at some point. Like I was saying to you the other day, it took them at least a season before they got up the courage to show Superman in Supergirl. It was all, oh, I'm getting a text, or, oh, he just left, or, oh, he was saying to me the other day when I saw him that, you know, he's so proud of you kind of thing, or a, a picture of a cape in the distance kind of thing. Or it's like, where's Superman? He's here. There's his shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just He just went to the toilet. He'll be back yeah. in a second. Oh, it's all right. I, I, you know, nothing to say. So, I I don't know. They might do something along the same with this. If they build confidence with it and they go, oh, people like it and it's it's got a thing, okay, maybe we can sneak a bit of Batman in. Yeah. But, like you say, it might be one of these, another one of these lovely contractual tie-in type things where it's got to get signed off and sealed approval from 50 lawyers, 60 directors and one program creator yeah. before it finally uh, makes it onto screen so whether it'll ever happen or not they seem absolutely fine with having Superman out there yeah. so why they can't do Batman seems a bit beyond me, I also like the fact that Batman is the only one that seems to be universal so far, like Superman, <laughs> yeah, no yeah. Batman, yes, <laughs> no one says no to Batman, yeah. every Earth has Batman, <laughs> every Earth has a Batman it's fine, <laughs> but yeah, except maybe Earth 2, I don't know you just yeah. don't know, but the the thing of it is, they aren't as tied, they aren't as in a corner as Supergirl as a show was, if Batwoman becomes a show, which, you know why not, of course it will um, hmm. There's no ifs about it. It's going to happen. So, because it's been established that Bruce Wayne is, you know, he's buggered off. He's nowhere to be found. No one knows where he is. Fine. Um, so they don't really have to address it until they want to. It's not that in Supergirl you had Superman was still active and cutting about. It's not like, um, it's not like they have to address That's it true. right away. You know, it's just. Every now and again, someone might mention Bruce Wayne. It's like, I don't know, where is he? Unless they, you know, they do this really stupid thing where at the end of the first episode of Batwoman, you'll see a batarang, like, hit a wall or, or some, like, <laughs> you know. Some silhouette in the distance. Yeah, yeah that kind looking of over, Looking yeah. over what's going on and nodding yeah. approvingly. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, yeah. you know, don't don't tease it. Just address it when you feel like yeah. it and I'll be okay with it. Um, instead of these half you know, these half reference Superman bits that they kept doing. I thought the instant message stuff was fine. I think that worked really, really well. But all the kind of, oh, look, there he is, but he's blocked by the sun. I can't really it, see him. And Yeah, the, inst- the instant messaging stuff was uh, just a neat way of getting around it. I, yeah. I didn't mind it that much. But I, I think if you tried to do that with Batman, it just wouldn't quite, for me, and... It's like, if they're not going to be able to do it, like you say, they've come up with a good enough set of excuses... It just depends on whether they stick true or whether they succumb to pressure and then go, all right, we've got to have Batman in this. Yeah. Or we've got to hint further at it. Yeah. So why did Kara not tell them? I think she was just trying to... She maybe felt like it was her not wasn't her secret to tell. That's what I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with what I said originally. It's yeah. not her thing to reveal. And yeah, yeah at that point... Yeah. You know, it wouldn't. There wouldn't be anything to gain from it. Yep. Though I did like Oliver's uh, assertion throughout that he is the original vigilante and Batman is nothing but a bit of propaganda. <laughs> and, and he's very kind of 
precious about it. It's like yeah. things like, "Oh, I'm the original vigilante." It's like oh, he wouldn't be anyone's copycat. Yeah, yeah, I'm the original one. I'm the best one, and he's he's fake. He's you know, fakey. Although fake. I'd, I'd quite like to, you know, address it later on again, where it's just like. So Oliver, Batman is real, and he's like, "Well, I heard about Batman, and I, you know, I decided to, uh, to that that would be cool, and came <laughs> up with my own little gimmick." And uh, let's cue the flashback where it turns out he was in Gotham City five years ago and met Batman. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, he worked not, with Batman. Yeah, yeah, let's just like there was just, enough time in there, wasn't yeah, there? You know, yeah. between like the Russian uh, Bratva and uh, yeah. yeah. Why did Why didn't you just mention it? Uh, why didn't you mention this before? Because I was jealous, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so next question. Um, David asks, would you have preferred a different one-shot villain than Amazel, since combined stolen powers seems too much like a light rehash of DeVoe? Uh, short answer to that for me is yes, because I thought that one of the things I didn't like about this is that the threat value wasn't strong enough throughout all three parts. So the fact that the... You know, Superman's first team-up with the Arrowverse characters uh, as a group is to fight some power-absorbing robot. And his his presence there was somewhat redundant because Kara was already there. So it's not as if he could steal both of their powers. Um, and you even had that bit where Barry, I think Barry was, said to him, we couldn't have done it without you. And he says, I'm not so sure about that. Because they could have. Yeah. He, he didn't do very much. So Amazo wasn't that great. I mean, I I don't mind the... You've got this kind of villain of the week, right? It's definitely a villain of the week. We'll just say it's an android that's malfunctioning um, or has gone rogue. And then you don't really have to give it a character because it's just an android. But at the same time, you could have been spending time on Deacon or the Monitor or anything else that was relevant rather than just, yeah, let's just kill time and fight this thing. I think it was to give them something to fight because they hadn't really. Um, I think that was pretty much it at that point because there had been, like you say, no threat value. What they had done is they had been not even body switched, role switched, let's say, um, for at the beginning of the episode. But there was no imminent threat to Earth apart from once you started getting the lightning strikes and things. Yeah. Um. I think they could have done better than Amazo. You had a reality writing, rewriting book, magic book that you could conjure mm. anything out of. They could have, I don't know. Um, so in the third episode, it was like Deacon turned himself into Superman. Couldn't he have just turned himself into different villains in each episode? And you could have explored him as a villain that way. Yeah, sort of pick pick stronger and stronger villains as he went along. Start yeah. with, yeah, you know, start with something low that he thought would do and then slowly build up to a bigger and bigger thing and maybe give him more henchmen or something, you know. Yeah. Give him give himself an army's worth of, of people that he's back. I don't know, it seems like if you could rewrite <laughs> if you could rewrite anything you, you would rewrite the fact that they know that you're rewriting everything. Because no one else, no one else remembers that there's a guy out there with a book that can rewrite everything. However, yeah. those three do. So, if you can rewrite everything, then can you rewrite the fact that they know that you've rewritten everything? Yeah, although he says <laughs> that there was a bit of a learning curve. Um, that, that's suppose, that's yeah. true. That's true. But he seems to change like everything else gets yeah. like, gets found. But that stays. I mean, it's don't cosmetic wrong. changes. It definitely. It's, is. Yeah, yeah. You know, he does a good bit of redecoration, and yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So I don't I don't know him in terms of working their way up to the Superman thing. Maybe he could have started off by turning himself into Deathstroke or, or Ra's al Ghul or whatever. You know, one of these previous villains as a mm. bit of a nod to, to previous stuff. Or um, re- eventually, you know, second episode he becomes Reverse Flash maybe. They defeat him. Third episode he becomes Superman. And then that's it. But um, yeah, the Amazo... I didn't I didn't pick up on the whole Devo Light thing, but I suppose it is very similar. Yeah, I, I got the I kind of get the Devo Light thing. My my problem is it kind of means that you bookended it with essentially the same villain. You had someone at the beginning with the powers of Superman, and by the end you're fighting yeah. someone with the powers of Superman. It didn't really swap that much. You know, if anything, Amazo was more powerful at the beginning than he was at the other end. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's awkward. Um, ready to move on to the next question? I feel like we're sufficiently answered. Yeah, that. yeah, I think yeah. we've found we've that. So Jordan asks, "Was the body swap more Quantum Leap or more Freaky Friday?" <laughs> Which is a question that is asked in the episode itself. I think that it's more, it's more like Freaky Friday because they are. I mean, they are effectively in each other's. Well, they're in each other's lives. They're not in each other's bodies. So the bodies have been moved, that kind of thing. But uh, it's definitely not Quantum Leap because Quantum Leap is... he is the Sam Beckett is that person, but he sees himself when he looks in a mirror. Yeah, where they were in their own bodies but different lives. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go with your, your logic on that one, but it doesn't really match either, but yeah. No, life swap. Life swap, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to say on that, so we'll consider that answer. Good, good question, though. <laughs> good question, Jordan, if that is your real name. Uh, I like this one. Uh, I'll save the, the really silly one for after. <laughs> okay, I really like this question. With Crisis on Infinite Earths confirmed, do you think they'll use that as an opportunity to bring in characters from other old DC shows like they did with The Flash? That's from Jamie. So... Ooh. I think before we continue with that, I'll need to explain what Crisis on Infinite Earths is. Yes, go for it. For people that don't know. So, Crisis on Infinite Earths is a comic book event that went on from April 1985 to March 1986. So, that's a lot. It's 12 issues, um, 12 main issues. And basically what it is, is DC at some point decided, our continuity is a mess. We have... So much going on because different writers would introduce different backstories for characters, and every time a writer changed something, they would just call it a different Earth and, and lop it off. and And they did some pretty cool stuff. Um, there was the Flash of Two Worlds, which is a kind of early story where Barry Allen crosses over with Jay Garrick, who turns out is from another Earth. Um, and the funniest thing is that version of Barry Allen based his identity as the Flash on Jay Garrick because he used to read the Flash comics when he was a kid but yeah. it turns out that a comic book writer had received like visions from an alternate universe and, and written down, written them down as the, as the Flash comics so like, I don't know it's, I like the idea that ideas aren't really ideas, they are things that you're, you you receive from another world That's yeah. you know, that's I, I like idea. that as an excuse that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty neat Yeah. Yeah. so what happened was, eventually it got they got too big for their boots, they couldn't keep track of it and so they decided what we're going to do we're going to do this event that condenses everything into one Earth, and then that's it. We're, we're going to use this as our main Earth from now on. So what they did was they cherry-picked little, the, what they considered to be the big, best bits and pieces from various bits and smashed them all together. 
to create one continuity. So there were some losses out of it. Um, Barry Allen died um, and didn't come back until like the early 2000s, actually. So it was Wally West as a Flash for the longest time. Um, but it, it, the funniest thing is when Barry, like, it's like in this episode, he disintegrates by running too fast. And it turns out he becomes the lightning bolt that gives him his powers in the first place. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> funny that. But they've already kind of done that in this episode, so I don't think they'll do it again. I think they maybe did that just to say we're not doing that. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, so yeah. hint at it as yeah. being a thing and then yeah. rule it out. Yeah, because yeah, uh, in Supergirl Dies as well, the, that's where you might have seen that famous cover of Superman cradling her as she's like dead. Mm. Um, so when they, when they, did this event, they smashed it all together, they decided, here's one Earth, and they instituted all these rules, such as Superman has to be the last son of Krypton, which means you couldn't have any Kryptonian villains, Supergirl couldn't exist because there couldn't be any other Kryptonians, etc. So they got around it by having like a shapeshifter who is Supergirl, but not Supergirl, because she's not Kryptonian. It's, I mean, comics are weird, let's not, like, it's a whole episode, and perhaps we should do that before next year, we should all read Crisis on Infinite Earth and then talk <laughs> about it. Because that would be bonkers <laughs> so i think we should book, look into doing that Neil, Neil before book group yeah 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 why not uh, it's relevant so anyway it's it's basically continuity tidying up it's in continuity rebooting while tidying it up using continuity as plot points so quite what the arrowverse version of that will be i don't know but i'm interested to find out and they've been teasing it since the first episode of the flash you know, Red Skies Vanish, Flash Vanishes in Crisis, or whatever the headline is. Um, That's true, actually, yeah. yeah. So th- you've got all that, but what they have, basically, is they've got five, soon to be six, TV shows in which they can tell this story. So I'm confident they have enough time. And it goes back to the earlier question from Andrew about what do you prefer? This would have to be a mini-series. We can't be sitting watching the Black Lightning episode that focuses on, you know, the whatever Black Lightning's up to that week uh, because it's too big for that. And it has to be that kind of self-contained mini-series. And the fact that they've announced it so early is baffling. So I wonder if that means that we're all, all the shows have been renewed without being renewed. Um, but it's an ambitious undertaking and I'm confident they'll find a decent spin on it that they'll do themselves. Um, but that wasn't the question. <laughs> That's me just talking about what Crisis and Infinite Earth says. Um, the question was, do we think they'll use it to introduce... Uh, to bring in characters from other old DC shows? So they've already kind of done that with The Flash, as the question indicates, which was wasted. So you've got Barry Allen, John Wesley ships Barry Allen, um, forcing himself into his old suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's just waved off and he's gone he turns up and he says hey guys here's what's going on and then he gets waved off and then he's not seen again so that's a bit disappointing but I wonder if that's we'll table that for next year and then we'll he'll be more prominent in that one Um, I hope they do because I would love to see uh, them take the opportunity to have different characters interact with each other or interact with alternate versions of themselves so you've got like the Justin Hartley version of Oliver Queen from Smallville. I'd love to see that. I think that would be fun. I mean, people were getting very giddy online thinking they had seen him in... His corpse. Yeah, yeah, his corpse in the little teaser that they were putting out in the episodes before this. Yeah. 
uh, and we're getting overly excited going oh my god oh my god oh my you know because I think there'd already been some stuff revealed going oh they're going to be in Smallville for part of the episode and they were but they were literally in Smallville not the TV show yes. Smallville yeah. <laughs> so I think for that the Remy Zero musical intro- introduction oh yeah I, w- I was there for that but uh, I I don't know if Tom Welling would come back as Clark Kent for the crossover, but they wouldn't necessarily need him as such. Um, you know, the they, Justin they, Hartley Green Arrow would probably be enough. Um, enough to hint. I mean, it would be fun. It would be fun. Whether they would all be up for doing that and whether the rights match up. Oh, they're all owned by Warner Brothers. It's fine. I, I will write. Well, if they're all Warner Brothers shows, then they're, then you, you're probably sorted then. Yeah. No, no. Well, it's something they can do. I don't know if it's something they will do, but I would like to see it because there are different versions of these characters. Let's get Dean Cain back, squeeze him into his old New Adventures of Superman <laughs> suit. Why not? <laughs> I mean, it'd be the, why do you look like my human adopt? My, human <laughs> my adopted dad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you could have Helen Slater's version of Supergirl turn up. Again, why do you look like my human adopted mother? Uh, I get alternate universe stuff. I mean, I don't think Grant Gustin's going to grow into, jo- grow into looking exactly like John Wesley Ship, but Bar- he calls himself Barry Allen, so anything's possible. It's alternate universe stuff. You, just, you don't really have to explain it. Why not get Brandon Routh's version of Superman back? Let's do that. I was about to say they've got they've already got one one yeah. Superman available. So well, yeah. two, two, yeah, yeah, that's true. Get Tom Welling back. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't wear the costume. Just multiple Supermans. Yeah, turns up in his red jacket. You know? <laughs> but um, one of the major casualties during Crisis in the first place was an older version of Superman. He had like graying temples. He looked a bit like Reed Richards if he was Superman. You know, with the, the, the graying temples, mm. as I said. So Dean Kane could fill that role because uh, he's old enough, you know. And I would love to see that. Um, maybe take it a step further. Why not get Michael Keaton's Batman in? I don't know. Like, they, they probably won't go that far. But um, I think I think the TV shows, Brandon Routh's Superman, you could do all that. I think it's sold. You've sold it to me. That's yeah. It. If they don't, I mean, do whether, whether you'll be able to lines, well, whether yeah. you'll be able to sell it to the accounting department, I've got no idea. <laughs> but you've sold it to me, so it's yeah. fine. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know how difficult it'll be to pull all this off. I think it's going to be an immense undertaking. I think they're probably making phone calls at the moment to try. I, and, I know. think that's why they've announced what they're doing so early because this was this part of my little bit of a a waiver for this was that it's basically, they've used this as a proof of concept statement of intent for yeah. next next year, basically. Yeah. And I think that's maybe why some of the decisions about power levels and what they were doing and, and who they were fighting and who was where and doing what have come into play here. Yeah. And I don't think it's led to this being the best, but potentially leads up to the next one. Because if it is as big as you're saying, and as it was in the comics, and if they really do have big intentions for this, then they need to be teasing elements of it throughout the other shows in the run-up, pretty much. Yeah, a villain turns up who was, yeah, who's from, mm. who's part of this, or, or being a test for, or or a precursor to, you know, whatever the exactly. crisis event is. And Yeah, I think, um, I mean, the fact that they've announced it so early means they're 
sort of getting a jump on the planning stage of it as well. So I wonder if they'll just get you know they'll outright bin convention altogether when it comes to like working around the other shows and and film it as a separate thing. Maybe they film it during the summer. You know, um, when everybody when they're not filming the other shows, maybe they screen it as a separate thing. You know, entirely. Um, I don't know. I suspect that the crossover week will be the same week it is every year because it works. You know, mm. it's proven that it pulls in the viewers and, and whatever else. It's you know, it's always that kind of eighth or ninth episode slot and in whatever show um, shows run it is, which is fine. I think that's that's absolutely fine. And uh, but I think they need to be a bit smarter about filming it. So if they're going to make it a proper contained mini series in its own right, then I think yeah, maybe it is just. For the every night for five days, Sunday to Thursday, we're doing this. Mm. You know, for this week, and that's what it is. Um, maybe, maybe it's a two-hour movie. I don't know. Like, like, like you say, the the way it is at the moment, the it is several episodes of an event. I, I've got friends that don't watch any of the shows continually anymore. They've given up. However, yeah. they will watch the crossover, and they'd watch something like that because it's just. Oh my god! I can't wait to see if they pull this off. Yeah, and it's like, twenty nineteen gives us the Avengers, uh, and this, and it's insane, you know. And it's interesting how all the big DC events are going on on television, whereas you know in their films they're just meandering around and doing stuff. But like, um, yeah, I think it'll be an immense wasted opportunity if they don't bring in older shows. You know, I, at the very yeah. least, the nineties Flash they've already done. At the very least, sort of chuck in Justin Hartley's Green Arrow, chuck in Brandon Routh's Superman, or uh, what's his name, uh, Dean Cain's Superman, or you know whatever else. I mean, whatever you can dig up, just do it. You know, there was an old Birds of Prey TV show that was apparently a lot of a lot of guff. Do that, you know. Go for um, it. Yeah, yeah. Gotham is will finish by then and is on Fox, so I don't think that'll happen. But you know, never say never, I suppose. But um, there's all sorts of bizarre things that could come out of this. Just, I mean, they've they've impressed me before by their ability to Easter egg, and I don't see them failing on that now. No, I think I think they could do it. The like you say, there is a ton of potential in there. I do think if people get overhyped, they're going to get really disappointed. I think, like you say, set your expectation levels not yeah. to the, you know, maybe not to Michael Keaton, but <laughs> got the possibility of getting some TV people in, maybe, yeah. you know. Introduce new people, Batman Beyond and, and stuff like that. You could do that. I don't know. So, yeah, dead excited. Great question. It saves us talking about it later as well. Yeah. We'll come up. Uh, <laughs> so the final question is a little bit, um, it's a two-part question, and it's a little bit, I'm not sure how it's going to go down with audiences in the current climate, but screw it, we'll do it. Uh, so Sarah asks, who's hotter, Supergirl or Batwoman? <laughs> and uh, th- there's a second part to the question. Which oh, and there's, there's a second part to the yeah, yeah. Um, Supergirl for me. There we go. Yeah, same. Unanimous. If, if, I'm, if I'm being forced at gunpoint <laughs> to make a decision on a podcast, then yeah, sure. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, they've they've both got great personalities, and uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, but no, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure I've talked in the past about uh, about how I like Kara 
And, you know, Batwoman hasn't swayed me in any way. I'm a sucker for a good girl. I think uh, Batwoman's a little too dangerous for me. Yeah, she's rebellious. She would break me. Yeah. (laughs) She's got all her short hair and tattoos, and I'd be like, nah. Nah. Um, (laughs) You scare me. Please, please uh, back off. (laughs) Uh, So the second part of the question is to be, uh, not to be sexist, so the Me Too movement shouldn't come after us now. Uh, Who's hotter? Oliver or Barry? (laughs) (laughs) During the 100th podcast, I admitted that Stephen Amell is a handsome man, and I stand by it. So, Oliver. Uh, Yeah, I think Oliver. I don't don't like the tattoos. No, I'm not a real fan of the tattoos. He doesn't have that many. Not that many, but, you know. I'm not a really tattoo person. He has more scars than tattoos. That is true. <laughs> many, many <laughs> scars, some tattoos. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. That's that settled. Let's uh, let's watch the internet come crashing down on us <laughs> <laughs> for uh, I don't know being insensitive or whatever. But no, it's a valid question. Thank you, Sarah. Thank, thank um, you, Sarah, for forcing us at gunpoint to make those 50-50 decisions. I'm surprised we both agreed, Craig. We've got a, a oh, similar choice, and I wonder we're fighting of, each other. Uh, that's like fighting that's over it. fictional characters. <clears throat> fighting yeah. over our fictional women and men. Yeah. Okay, so now on to the actual meat of the podcast, although I think we've covered quite a lot of the um, the, the agenda points anyway throughout these questions, which <laughs> is great. Yeah. So, you know, we've already talked about the kind of structure and, and what we prefer and how this was more episodic with the kind of through narrative featuring those three characters. Um, I will say that I didn't like the fact that Kara was a supporting character. You know, she she didn't really have anything to do on her own. She was kind of there to help the others along. So there was nothing for her. Mm-hmm. She, she didn't get much, even in the sort of Supergirl episode in inverted commas of this. She didn't really have much to do. Um... <laughs> Yeah, she kind of was out on a a whim with some of this. So, and if if anything, the introduction of Supergirl into the the situation actually made it worse because it gave him an idea to give him more powers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, though at least she was able to point out who was who. So you know. Yeah, um, I liked how the body switch or role switch or life switch or whatever the hell it is mechanic mm. was used to explore the sort of differences between the two shows you know flash has always been the happy one as long as you don't watch season three or four um <laughs> you know arrow was the dark one so yeah that's like, it's almost like the the joke of i'm the handsome one he's the funny one you know the uh oliver being the handsome one and barry being the funny one of course as we have previously as we have already answered, discussed yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so you've got that that whole thing where they just poke fun at each other in in terms of poke fun at the shows, and I really like seeing Stephen Amell getting the chance to um, stretch his comedy legs because he never does, and he is so funny, he is incredibly funny. It's you know some of the stuff he comes away with in the in these episodes and just the line delivery. I loved when it was like, okay, you need to bring Amazel back here, and he's just like, oof. He just you know, he just gestures to get out of his way, and and it's things like that, and um, where he talks about how Barry can't go nine hours without hearing a, a sappy motivational speech. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Barry's uh, <laughs> taking a 
I know Felicity uh, yeah. being in his ear the whole time. So she invented yeah. quarterbacking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's, uh, yeah, I I I agree with you. Actually, it was nice seeing him get to to release a little. Though normally with the crossovers, that's when he does get the chance to not break character as such, but lighten up a little bit. And it is yeah. normally around about Barry where that happens. Yeah. Um, like, are you smiling? It's like, don't tell anyone. I kind of like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, and and you've got the whole stuff about, in order to learn how to use each other's powers, powers and in inverted commas, because, you know, the Green Arrow don't have powers. He has skills. So how mm. Amazo can absorb his powers... Because you saw the the arrow symbol, and it's like, it's also cool that the Amazo was able to absorb the symbols. You know, it had like, I guess it had like thumbnails that it was attaching to the folders marked Superman's power. So, yeah, it's very, very, <laughs> very much from the DC uh, Lex Luthor's uh, universe of I shall create all these people their own logos. <laughs> uh, they're gonna need them. Why not? Yeah, uh, you know, I I, mean, I shall make branding. Logos, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> They already had branding. It's just the fact that Amazo recognised it and attributed it to certain powers was really <laughs> funny. But the the idea that haven't embraced the kind of the the side of themselves that they don't like to embrace as such. So you know Oliver needs to be happier because Barry runs faster when he's happier and he's running towards something positive. And except in season three and four, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then and I'm running towards my wife's death. I'm running yeah, towards my wife's death. It, yeah, hooray! Yeah. Hooray! Hooray! Yeah. Hooray! <laughs> um, and then Barry has to embrace his inner angst to be better at shooting arrows for some reason, but. Uh, that doesn't really work, but I liked it where it's like, so you're saying I should smile more? It's like, yeah, it might help. <laughs> uh, I liked, I, I kind of liked that and the, and the fact that they, it was used to help them come to a greater understanding of each other. So you've got that whole, in the second episode, you've got Barry fighting um, Malcolm Merlin, fresh out of his stint in the jungle, I guess. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, Oliver fighting Reverse Flash. And you know, and, and that scene was really on the nose because Malcolm Merlin was like, "Remember that time that you killed that left me to die on Lian Yu, and it was all your fault." And then, and Reverse Flash is like, "Remember that time I killed your mother, and how that traumatized you for your entire life." And and then Oliver's like, "Something about that fight just helped me realize what really upset you." Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've just yeah. just realized why it's not all sunshine and rainbows over <laughs> your side. Yeah, yeah, I just remembered the backstory. All oh, right, okay. And then Oliver's a little bit jealous. Of Barry as well. It's like you know, you're a nice guy. You're quite happy. Everyone likes you. I'm miserable. Everyone hates me. It's like you know, I'm, um, even Lois doesn't like him. You know, get him, Barry. He's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that's so true. But it, it's it was a it was a fair um, it was a fair stab at getting them f- to understand each other. It was a fair stab. The thing about that fight that I didn't quite get is yes they were in each other's um roles <laughs> i yeah. can't think of a better way of describing this however in and they're themselves and they are consciously them in their head but when they get the the they go through the gas they're picturing each other's enemies but there's like an emotional element to that fight yeah. where they're getting baited by the vision that they're seeing yeah, which wouldn't have worked for each other. I I, I thought it, there was something that was a bit off about that 
I I get I get why they put it there because you know narratively they're going oh right we want them to know a little bit about the core of each other and basically yeah. reveal these things that one or the other hasn't talked about you know it, it, each Except of them each of them during this. yeah <laughs> each of them during a few you know one of the episodes would turn around and go. I didn't know you had split up or I didn't know you were having yeah. hard times or I didn't know you had gone through that or had to do that or had to do this. So I I get why they put it there, but some of that bit just didn't quite work for me. But I no, understand it was, it was why they did it. And I like, and I, I mm. like that they used it well later on in terms of just how they discuss it and uh, how it helped Oliver come to the realisation of, you know, the... Um, his darkness isn't going to be any use against this, whatever this threat is that's coming um, which kind of informs his decision to make some kind of a deal with the monitor later on um, which is kind of hilarious when you think about it because you have that he has that conversation with Iris when Iris thinks he's Barry where he says Oliver Queen made a deal with the FBI didn't consult Felicity or anyone else and just got carted <laughs> off and then at the end of the bloody crossover he goes to the monitor and says I'm going to make a deal with you so I can save Barry and Cara and uh, he doesn't consult them and he and doesn't shall, tell them about yeah. it <laughs> and we shall find out in 12 months time yeah, it's yeah. like you know yeah this this if this uh, this set of issues that seems to crop up for the three of us at the same time every year, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's all off to Earth ninety nine prison for <laughs> yeah for Oliver, you know. Yeah, God knows. Like I don't, I don't know. Like, could it be Stephen Amell's exit from the Arrowverse? This deal, whatever it is, I don't know. Yeah, if they, I mean, yeah, they don't die, take me. You know. Yeah, well, they're. I mean, they're setting up sort of replacement Green Arrows all over the shop, so you know, possibly. Um, I, I'd be interested to see what it was, but it'd be. A, if someone doesn't call him out on the fact that, for God's sake, Oliver, you did it again. You know, you've, you've gone and made this sacrifice without telling anyone. <laughs> um, and, like, that's kind of heroic, and he sees it as the only way out and, and whatever else, but... Yeah, it'll just get it'll just get blamed on Barry when it all falls apart anyway, like yeah, it, like it, it does, did like it did yeah. in this Bo- yeah. body swap. They all turn yeah. to Barry and go, it's, what did what, you do now? What have done this time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Changing child's genders, now you're changing... Like, us, yeah. uh, leave those butterflies alone, Barry. Just, <laughs> and yeah, so it, it was useful in that sense. I actually feel like they could have had them back in their own bodies by the end of the first part. Though I, I think the first part was plenty. They played around with the concept enough. You know, they didn't do an awful lot with it in the second episode. I think they they did more poking fun at certain elements of it. You know, the the bit where uh, Kate Kane says to Oliver, as in Barry as Oliver, I hope you haven't come here to test your arrows against Batman's grappling hook or whatever it was. And mm. it's like, no, I would never compare myself to a badass like Batman. <laughs> and, and Oliver just looks at him and he's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and it's little moments like that. And Stephen Amell just kills it every single time. Every single bit of comic timing is hilarious. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of rom-coms, but I'd like to see him in one. <laughs> you know, I think that I think he's got some chops there. You know, he's a very funny guy, uh, and the ca- the character that he's playing doesn't always get to be that funny. So I, w- I would like to see him appear in like three episodes back to back of Legends. I'm just putting <laughs> yeah. it out there. You know, that's that's where I think he could. Uh, if if you're wanting his comedy muscle, I think that's where he should go for three episodes. Oh yeah, that would that would but, work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but. Um, 
Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I've, I think you, you, they probably could have been in their own bodies by the end of that, but I think they wanted to play about with some of the Gotham stuff a little bit more. Yeah. They, had, they must have planned that they were going to have this revelation moment when they did the Arkham fight. Um, so, yeah, I suppose it made sense then to do it. And yeah. you don't have them with their own powers and their own skill set, so it kind of puts them off kilter when they're through there. Yeah. They're not they're not sort of zipping about and getting the job done as efficiently as they would be otherwise. Yeah, and I mean, instead of a Mazo in part one, you could have had a representation of like Malcolm Merlin and Reverse Flash being the thing they fight at the end of that, and you you know mm. you get the same effect. But I think what they did was fine, but it was just kind of fine. But um, you know, I think they made good use of it, and they um, they they made it made it work. I liked the. <laughs> the re- the the callback to the first crossover where uh, Barry gets to shoot Oliver this time, <laughs> and uh, and Oliver does it to prove a point, and it, you know it makes the point very well about that. You just run in and you don't have a look. You've got the time to look around and and make sure that you the, the place is safe to enter, but you don't do that because you're you're arrogant and stupid, and um, Barry just does that to Oliver too. You know to get his own back and I just loved it when he gets hit in the back with these arrows and he's you know and he's Barry's just laughing like a lunatic <laughs> while Oliver's just really annoyed at him just you know laughing at my backstory I've been like tortured <laughs> for decades and you're just laughing at me I have honed this skill for years yeah <laughs> brilliant even even the what was it trained to dislocate his thumb yeah, <laughs> and then he laughs because he never saw how stupid it looks. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad they finally showed a toilet in one of the pipeline cells. I, I like that they did explain that. Yeah. Someone must be sitting there going, "All right, we're, at some point we're going to have to explain what the hell's going on with these." <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad there's finally a toilet. I mean, there's no curtain, but you know, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, whatever. Um, can't have everything at his prison. <laughs> it was like. I was in a maximum security prison for seven months. It got bad, but at least I had a toilet. <laughs> Just another sterling line delivery from, from Stephen Amell. He really was the MVP in this episode, or these episodes. I think so. It did focus It did focus quite a bit on him, and I, I, I think it was good for it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of the introduction of Gotham City? It's the first time we've seen it in the Arrowverse. Um, and there's a lot to it. Um, it's for me. It felt like, and I, and I like this about it. It felt like they'd stumbled into another TV show. You know, the the tone was already noticeably different. The visual style was noticeably different. There was no unnecessary unloading of Kate Kane's backstory so that we make sure that we know why she's Batwoman and what motivates her and stuff. It was just kind of. They they butt in. She's in the middle of stuff, and then they just um, they have to leave because they make a complete mess in five yeah. minutes of being there. You know, they they arrive, they ruin it, and they run away again at yeah. the other end. Um, yeah, I, I'm like you. I agree. I think when it when it came in, it, the, it was totally different. Visual styles different, darker again. You know, you've already had the sort of. Uh, Star City, Starland City kind of thing where it's, you know, it gets a bit bleaker at night, but then during the day it's off where even this Gotham just looks miserable. Yeah. <laughs> it does look pretty darn bleak. And then it's just a wash, you know, when 
Oliver was sort of fighting crime when he first started up as the Green Arrow, I don't think it seemed as bad as Gotham is in the state that they show it here, which does beg the question of what is one, the, the, what difference is one person amongst us going to make? Yeah. If it is truly as like you walk into town for five minutes and already you're getting robbed, you know? Yeah. It's people like are traveling people, around in armored cars. Yeah, people are getting you know chauffeur-driven armored cars to yeah. like the darkest alley at the back of the road for some reason. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm um, I'm not sure. I mean, I am glad it's getting introduced. I'll look forward to seeing what they're doing with it. First impressions for me, I don't think it's going to be my kind of thing. But I've said that about many other shows. So, um. Yeah, I'm um, I'm interested. They've given me enough as a teaser, and that is all yeah. this was was a very small teaser. Yeah, like you say, they've not done backstory. They've not introduced lots of side characters that are going to be cropping up. There's hints at who the side characters are, but yeah, some you know, guy. In, yeah, yeah, there's a, oh, there's a guy in R and D already, and there's this and there's that. However, you've not really been introduced to anyone yet. No, the Arkham scene where they're sort of rolling along and there's all the doors and you're getting all the the names on the back that kind of peeved me a little bit because <laughs> you're like oh you know all, all these people are gonna get out great <laughs> you know well they've all got put back as well so you know. pretty much almost yeah. almost all have got in the end so it's um yeah i thought it was okay kate kane seems interesting as a character i have not read a lot of the comics that she's in at all, you know, I don't think I've read one actually <laughs> that she's in. So I've got to, I've got to admit that right out here. I've not read many DC comics, but I've not read any with her in. She might be so, in the Batman animated film Bad Blood. I've not seen it yet though, but I think yeah. that's a Bat Family film, so I think she's in it. So I've, I don't know much about the character as canon or anything like that. So I look forward to to seeing it. Um, I do, and sort of making my making my assumptions for there, but this sort of whetted my appetite enough. Like I say, it just didn't wow me over in a way that I'm like, oh my god, I now want to see several episodes of this. <laughs> I would like uh, like a short series or a short season that I could like go, okay, uh, maybe I'm up for you know twenty odd episodes of this, but you know, let's see. Maybe they'll only be 13 or something, you know, like Black Lightning style. Um, who knows if it gets picked up at all. But um, the I like to uh, I like the idea of Gotham as a dying city that's so far gone that even Batman's given up on it. Um, it, it gets around the Batman problem, as we've said, uh, but also it gives, I don't know, Kate Kane picks up his mission for some reason. Maybe she doesn't feel the same about it being a dying city. She does mention something about you you see how horrible it is out there and you find a way not to break. So maybe she's just really determined for some reason. Um, but I like the idea. I like the concept of, you know, Gotham is... It's it's very far gone at this point. And Batwoman, what difference can she make? And I suspect that'll be the major theme. You know, what difference is she making? What difference can she make? Is Gotham worth saving? Can it be saved? All that stuff. Um I get the impression that Ruby Rose is very much settling into the character. I don't think she has a real sense of who she is yet. I mean, she only has a couple of scenes here. So, and and I get the, 
I don't get a real, a full sense of what her character will be. I think the Batwoman persona needs a bit of work because she doesn't have a noticeably different voice as Batwoman. No, she did seem very much her way. Yeah. And the outfits, I mean, I know that's the case in some of the other Arrowverse shows as well. Her outfit doesn't seem very adapt to fighting crime. <laughs> <laughs> it it's seems, a cool looking costume though Oh it's very cool looking It just doesn't look like it would be flexible enough For you to kick ass in I think if um, if and when it gets picked up to series They'll make a few adjustments Definitely you know, the, the first episode someone will be like I made some adjustments to your your costume Kate And then she'll get in this You know this um, more Flexible outfit And be like ah cheers thanks for that uh, And then <laughs> If they're doing more stunt work, which they will be, then they'll need to, you know, they might need to do something about that. But yeah, it was a good introduction. It was great to see Gotham City, the the kind of background mythology of it. Definitely, and it's it's something that they've finally sort of accepted as there. Mm-hmm. kind of thing because for a while there was a little hint that it was there then there was a little hint about Batman Bruce Wayne all that sort of stuff and they finally went okay it exists it's there there you go yeah yeah and I loved the um, all the, the little easter eggs the Shakespeare bust that was great uh, reference to the 60s show where they would press a button and it would open up the fireman's poles um, all the names on the doors that was fun Bane's mask from the Dark Knight Rises. Um, I did notice the mask, actually. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, Vic, uh, Victor Freeze's wife, Nora, another Nora, um, using his gun. That was cool. Who's played by Stephen Amell's wife, actually? Cassandra Jean Amell, her name is. Um, yeah. All the other little bits and pieces. Uh, I, I liked all the Easter eggs. I'm a sucker for Easter eggs, especially when they feel organic, and they felt organic in that. They they did they didn't feel extraneous you know but apart from Kara's oh my god is that a bust of the bard oh that looks cool it's like no nah, yeah, I can see it in the scene you don't need to actually mm-hmm. point it out to me you know <laughs> um, stuff like that but it was it was fun to see Gotham and uh, yeah I'm I'm here for it when the show appears apparently they filmed the pilot in April or that's the plan for now so I reckon it'll be leaked on the internet by about June July. just like the Supergirl pilot did Uh, or the Flash pilot as it happened yeah these uh, these unintentional leaks that happen you know Um, so that's that's Gotham we've had Gotham now fun Uh, this was it was quite a significant Superman arc in these three episodes well two out of the three episodes uh, so the first episode he was on Smallville Lois was there I really like this version of Lois I think she's very brash and uh, and, and really entertaining uh, I love it that she's encouraging Clark to be direct at the, the end of the third episode and it was like I've got something to talk to you about and it's like well we had a lot of fun on Argo City a lot <laughs> of fun and, and Clark's like Lois <laughs> it's like, if you're old enough to do it you're old enough to talk about it <laughs> Um so I liked that, and then, so the third episode was the reveal that Superman's like, I'm off, I'm going to live on Argo for a bit, uh, Earth's all yours, sorry about all the problems you're having, but uh, I'm not my problem anymore. Um, and I saw some people on the internet saying that, it was like Superman absolving himself of his own responsibility, and I can 
see that reading, but I saw it differently because Clark clearly didn't make the decision right lightly. You know, it was something that through watching how Kara is, how she operates, how much she's learned, um, how competent she is these days, he's sort of decided, no, she's ready. She doesn't need me around anymore. Um, if I'm ever going to make a go of it elsewhere, this is this is the time. Um, it's also the fact that his sense of responsibility is widened because he's now going to be a father. Mm. Uh, so it's like the... He, he talks about I've remembered what I could lose or it, it became aware of, I became aware of what I could lose and um, you know Lois is in life-threatening danger every other day so you know time to get her away from that I guess but uh, I also like the whole it, when the baby starts kicking it will kill me <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, yeah I will not survive this child like this childbirth if we stay on earth I like that. Um, yeah, there's there's no one that can take care of me yeah, properly. Yeah, yeah. I'm I I don't quite get that reading of oh I'm I'm zipping off. It's like he's seen Kara develop. He's been there to hold her hand through it. He's jumped in when required. Yeah. Along the way, he's been away for however long on Argo City in the first place. So he's done like a trial thing where he's been like, well, I'll leave you to it for a bit, I suppose. And if you need me, you know, you know where I am, kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's another way of getting around the, well, why is Superman not being called for this particular thing or where is Superman for this yeah. at the moment, you know? So, yeah, fair fair enough. I'll let them, I'll let them away with it. I don't think it's going to be a full-term kind of thing that they're going to go, oh, well, he just he doesn't exist anymore because he, he left. He went away on holiday and he never came back. Yeah, it just constantly explains where he is. Yeah, um, it just I gives him back for a crisis. I think he'll probably be back for crisis. I think he'll probably be back at some point, and they'll do the thing. I am like you. I really like this Lewis Lane as well. I was uh, she seemed to fit right into the dynamic between the dynamic between the three of them seemed natural, like it had been running for the last couple of seasons. Yeah, it didn't seem. Who is this that you're just introducing into the show? Yeah, it was. It just seemed, well, because you joined basically partway through a conversation almost yeah. when you first see them, it just seemed really natural, really straight on. So, uh, yeah, I've, I think she was great. She seemed to fit right in. Uh, like you say, bossing Clark around, very good. And then even getting involved in the final fight in a way. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was neat. You know, she's not scared to jump into action. Yeah, and I like the um, the little touches as well. It's the bit where they they go to Earth thirty eight to pick him up, um, with evil Cisco and tow, <laughs> uh, and there's the bit where Clark and Lois say at the same time, "I have to go." Well, it's I have to go from Clark. You have to go from Lois, but they mm. say it at the exact same time. It's like this is a relationship that that thrives on that responsibility that Clark has to others and Lois fully understands when he needs to leave and do do Superman stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's none of this none of this nonsense we've all seen before. It's like, oh, you keep putting yourself in danger and all I do is sit around and worry. <laughs> you know, it's like I mean Lois is probably in the thick of it somewhere else most of the time anyway. So but but the fact that she accepts that, yeah, the world kind of comes first. And then Clark deciding to go live with her on Argo is him flipping that round to be like my world come now comes first. Yeah. Um so he's you know preparing to be a dad, 
He's going to focus on his relationship. He's going to get to know his family. He's going to just, you know, live without that responsibility. And I think the implication is Superman's been active for years. He's maybe earned that. And, and the fact is, yeah. he's come to this decision. He's decided Kara can handle this. If she can't, then she knows where I am. Yeah. Did he, did he, did he ever think that he was going to have someone that could fill his shoes and care about the planet as much as he did to do it? Probably yeah. not. He yeah. probably thought he was never going to get the chance to disappear off and go on holiday or, or you know, relax in that way. Where yeah. he he's got to the point where he's like, you know what? I've been Superman for a number of years now. I have earned at least a little time to be with my first child. You know, yeah, my family. And I thought Tyler Hoechlin, or however the hell you pronounce his name, was excellent <clears throat> in these three in these episodes uh, when. His portrayal of evil Superman was was incredible. I liked how kind of petulant and childish he was. Uh, you know, they and they did a good contrast between Clark and Deacon or Deegan, I forget which which it is. But they do a good con- contrast between it because Clark is very confident, uh, you know, very aware of himself, you know, he's he's he understands things and this other guy, he's a mess. You know, he's really insecure, he's really childish, he's really angry. And it's mm-hmm. like this whole, you know, he, he's trying to measure up to what he considers heroic. But he can't because that's not who he is. And he feels like really insecure about that. So, I mean, it's the classic thing. You know, if you had the opportunity to rewrite your life, you of course you would turn yourself into Superman. Because I guess it's seen as the pinnacle of, of everything. Although he based it on Kara for some reason. Yeah, he based it on Kara and the fight and what he could get from that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd, like you say, it's that childlike thing of, I want to be the hero yeah. and I want to be adored. And, you know, it's like when he turns back up at his sort of Star Labs lair and he's getting rounds of applause going, well, way to go, boss. You're awesome. You're great. <laughs> it's like, but they got away. But you're brilliant. You'll get them next time because yeah. you're so brilliant. And he's like, no, <laughs> God damn it. This isn't the way it's meant to be, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's like, they, they escaped and I'm still getting, I'm still getting all the thing, you know. And it's almost like if I beat Superman, I'm better than Superman. So that's mm. like what he needs for his own sense of validation. Um, it was fun. It was. Uh, I think he did a really good job, um, and it's a testament how strong as Clark is as well, like as a character. Uh, that we haven't seen that much of him, but we get a real sense of who he is, and then we get a real sense of who he isn't as well through this other guy that looks like him. Yeah, I think he's, he's Superman's been good throughout. To be honest, and stuff that we've seen Supergirl, this is probably the most I've got to see him stretch. Yeah, um, stretch the character a little bit, and you've got to see a sort of home side to him and. And and get to see him play with others, you know. So yeah, yeah good. Yeah, it was great, and, and yeah, I liked Evil Superman. The black suit was cool. Um, I kind of wish we got to see more of him fighting the other characters, uh, fighting Barry and so on. Uh, that would have been a bit more fun rather than just running around the earth. kind of that kind of sucked. Yeah, the the run round the earth encounter acting ways and time will slow I, I didn't quite get the the excuse for the, the ending of this no yeah that doesn't um, that's not what would happen at all no <laughs> yeah I, I, the, it was one of those things that had me going what's you're you gonna run you run that way you run that way 
And the earth stops moving, so time goes slower. So, okay, I'll just let that slide. So it's they like, need to let's, slow you know. time down in order to get the book off him, but it would slow down, time down for everyone else. So <laughs> therefore, they would all be moving at relatively the same speed. I um, mean, I mean, there's others. Barry just use flash time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, it seems to me that you've got a character that can pretty much pause time, so <laughs> could fix this problem really easily rather than I'll slow it down for everyone else however there'll be no one around to take any action on this because you know it was just to manufacture the potential death Uh, yeah it was that that. I mean to get don't get me wrong I'm picking holes in this about running around the earth where there's other shows in this particular universe that have unicorns and fairy godmothers so I, I I kind of feel guilty now any time that I pick up something like this in this show and I let it completely slide and others. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I that that I didn't understand. I don't think you got enough of them fighting that way. I think you could have more evil Superman stuff, but I see why they kind of kept it at the lower end because it's probably more difficult to do for them you know CGI wise and all that sort of nonsense and then so. you had to get you had to get Brainy and Martian Manhunter in somewhere as well yes yeah so why not uh, yeah so it could have been stronger it definitely could have been stronger um, I thought some of the action was pretty cool especially in the third episode Um Although the best fight sequence is probably in the second episode where you have Barry and Oliver and it kept cutting between who they thought they were fighting and who they were actually fighting. That was really well done. Yeah, I thought I thought that fight was done pretty neat. You got to see everyone sort of show off a little bit when they did the Amazo fight, despite the fact that the villain was a bit bleh. Um It wasn't really one for big epic fight sequences this year. Though I suppose it would be difficult to sort of total what they did last year so um yeah i still think it was good it just wasn't the sort of big uh cgi bust up kind of thing that you normally get well i thought the superman versus superman fight was Mm. was was all right it was hilarious in the senses because i kept being reminded of man of steel um where you know in that film, when a <laughs> the gets city's gone. A building, yeah. The building falls down. Whereas in this, they knock down a few shelves. <laughs> yeah, and uh, for some a reason, they pain, still explode. A but, couple of panes of glass disappear, and yeah. yeah. And, and they knock over some shelves. But I don't understand why the sparks flew from those shelves when they hit them. They, they must have been plugged into the mains. They were <laughs> electrified shelves. Electric shelves, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was... Uh, it was funny, but it was, it's just, I don't know, I like the subdued power level of Superman and Supergirl on these shows, you know, the the fact that they can be threatened and they're not, like, being around the people isn't an, isn't dangerous for those people. Yeah, I, I get that, and it, it works within this as well, because if you, if you zoop them up to such a level that they are just completely untouchable by anything that isn't a Kryptonian, then there's no risk factor in any of these shows. Yeah, definitely not. Um, Some of the action was was decent. I mean, like you say, there wasn't an awful lot of it. There were some weird little interludes. You had the the Deathstroke's son 
uh, at the start of the second, the third start of the second episode. Is it the start of the second episode? Yeah, it is. They're 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 fighting Slade's son, who uh, you know walks into incoming machine gun fire without wearing a helmet and somehow doesn't get shot in the face. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> He's wearing the Destro armor with no helmet and survives. Yeah. And Why it's not? Diggle shooting at him. He doesn't miss. <laughs> uh, Apart from all those times when he did. <laughs> yeah, no, he's generally a good shot. Um, and we had... Uh, that was about it, fight-wise, I suppose. Um, yeah. Little, little silly bits I, I liked. Um, they get turned into villains. Wanted fugitives. That was... A little bit of fun was had there. Yeah, I liked evil Cisco it was, was uh, alright, but he e- went e- along with it a bit easily. Yeah, e- evil Cisco wasn't evil enough for me. Evil Cisco, especially by the time he arrived at the um, Fortress of Solitude, was kind of wisecracking silly Cisco rather than anything to do with evil Cisco. Oh, it was funny when Clark thought he was Kara. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that that. That was good. I liked that it was uh, Diaz that, that was one of the cops that was trying and to Malcolm arrest the two. Well. I was Malcolm, it, Malcolm. Malcolm. It was Malcolm. You're right. I liked that. That was just like a nice little, I'll go on then. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So. And there were some little like funny bits uh, in the second episode when they're in the jail cell in Gotham. And uh, where it's like, well, what would you have done with all these muggers? And Kara says, I would have just sped away. And all of us, oh, yeah, that would have worked. Yeah, we could have, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the the third one, you've got the the um, Deacon or Deegan or whatever he is calls the Time Vault his Fortress of Solitude because you know we've got these sets and we can't afford new ones, so you know we'll just go here instead. Uh, <laughs> and um, Spirit was, uh, where would he hide the book? He was like, maybe in the Fortress of Solitude. And he's like, I just came from the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> <laughs> like, Barry is just so routinely fed up of it all, you know. Um, and the whole in the third episode you finally get to see the Earth 1 versions of some Supergirl characters uh, of sorts sort of Alex and uh, James Uh, I mean they're not the rewritten versions of them so they might as well be rewritten versions of the ones we know but um, but I like how the you know Kara brings Alex around by discussing the uh, the relationship and um, you know, it's that usual stuff, I suppose. It's it's very much the that's, usual. That's, yeah, I mean, the thing is, in these, these sort of tropes, you, you either get that routine where it works or you get it where it's the complete opposite. Yeah. Oh, remember the song you were told when you were young? No, my parents both died. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, that nope, kind that of... never happened to my... No, nope, that... Version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, lucky you, know, you've yeah. picked the one story that did actually happen yeah, between yeah. both Earths. Well done, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, like you say, they were rewritten versions of those characters from that Earth. I like that it kind of means that these characters do exist. It's just Kara yeah. in that Earth that doesn't. So when he opens the book, he goes, I could find everyone, but I couldn't find you. Which means that she just doesn't exist whatsoever. I'm guessing in that universe. Yeah, not just that Earth. It's not a book of just people on Earth. That's this bit of the multiverse kind of thing. Yeah, it's it, the book tells I guess the entire history of that like yeah. 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 So so she's not there. Um so the only ones that you don't really know exist are the Luthers, I suppose, are the only ones that we've not heard about. Have we seen any Luther Corp stuff no. floating no, about in these so, shows no. yet? 
We've seen Wayne, but we've not seen any Luther Corps. So again, Batman is a badass in every universe, apparently. However, however, the Luthers may not have crossed. <laughs> yeah, and so, and Aquaman is under the water, so we just don't know if he's there yet. Yeah. He's like a submarine waiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty clear that um, Krypton hasn't blown up on Earth One yet. You know, the Earth One version of Krypton hasn't blown up yet, or hasn't blown up at all, or won't blow up at all. Or doesn't exist at all, or is unpopulated, or, yeah, or, or whatever. Something. Yeah. But yeah, there is no Supergirl or Superman on Earth 1. Well, there's um, no aliens on Earth 1 yet. Have we had any proof of aliens yet? Yeah, the Dominators. Oh, of course, the Dominators, you're right. Yeah, 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 sorry. I forgot about the other crossover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, we did that um, before, and so, so they've made that clear. So this version of Alex grew up without a sister. Uh, the version that has been rewritten at least is quite timid uh, although she's quite badass as well um, she's clearly in denial about her own sexuality you know goes out with a guy that we think might be Win, that guy with NIT mm. um, ah right uh, okay me you don't know so I'd like to see the actual version of her at some point See what that see what that conjures up, but yeah, I like that you know Kara does what she does best, and I think this ep- this these episodes weren't necessarily about her, but she does what she does best and brings out the best in people. You know that she she's able to inspire people, she's able to encourage people, and and see, you know, see who they really are, and that's something she consistently does on on her own show. So the the fact that that was what she needed to do to escape, rather than you know break out was good and very in character for her i agree yeah no it was definitely very in character and yeah i I, I sort of liked her attitude throughout like i say i'm kind of disappointed she didn't get more to do throughout this but she was pretty much exactly as you would expect her throughout like you say the the stuff in gotham with that i would have just sped away why did we not just yeah yeah but no you decided to fight him (laughs) yeah and I wonder if post-crisis they're planning to... I mean, didn't really say this before, but I wonder if they are trying to just they'll crush together all the, the multiverse that they've built, you know, with the, the best bits. So then you'll have a revamped version of Earth-1 where just Kara lives there now. And Superman is a thing that exists or doesn't exist anymore. Maybe he dies, I don't know. But um, I almost don't think they need to do that, though. I... Because they can just casually move between universes anyway. Yeah, they've kind of got their universal little doorway thing where they just sort of float about wherever they need someone. They go, all right, we've got a little gizmo. We can just go through here and ask Cisco for one, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think Supergirl has carved a completely different earth for itself. And it would be very difficult then planting that with Earth One, I think. You know, with the whole you know, at the at the moment especially it's all based on, you know, alien immigration and all this sort of stuff. Where you would then be putting that show going, Okay, and now you're in an Earth where pretty much aliens visiting Earth is not a problem. Yeah. This is not an issue. So you're either rolling it back and going, well, suddenly there's a lot of aliens about, it's more of an issue than it ever would have been before because it's out of the blue after this incident or this rewriting of the book. I mean, 
uh, whether it's going to involve Black Lightning and shows like that or not. If they're going to try and tie any of that in at some point, don't know. Uh, you know, with the Gotham um, stuff with um, Batwoman, if they're going to try and pull it closer together, I mean, they're already on the same Earth. That's the yeah. thing. So it's not really like you're going, oh, well, there's Flash Earth, there's Supergirl Earth, there's Arrow Earth. And now they're going to sort of pull all those stories, all those people together. It could be the thing where they they pull in a different Oliver. You know, it's yeah. like you know your Oliver's now been overwritten, and let's find out who the new the new yeah. Green Arrow is. You know, yeah. turned out the Green Arrow and the other Earth wasn't ever Oliver Queen. It was actually Bladdy Blah, and here is yeah. Bladdy Blah. You know, I. I don't know. It's very difficult for TV shows to get rid of their main character. Yeah. And I don't know whether they would ever have the the commitment to do it. It would either be that they do it and that is the end of that show. So they go, and then... Maybe. Oliver got overwritten halfway by somebody else. <laughs> yeah, halfway through the season, Oliver got overwritten. This is what the outcome of that was for several episodes afterwards. And then we never see these characters again, except when they occasionally pop into Flash, which is still running, or occasionally pop into Batwoman when it's still yeah. running. You know, it might be that they go, right, okay, you know, Arrow's had its time, we've done X number of seasons, so... This is it. I think they would probably not have the commitment to do that. If they're going to do a change, are they going to do a minimal, minimal change? I I just, with the ambition of that storyline that you're talking about, I just don't think they would come in and go, right, we're lopping this character, we're taking this person off, we're moving all this, and it's all going to be set here. Yeah, I get, I mean, I get the feeling that it's something they could do, but I don't know if it's something they would do because then it would essentially be a revamped Earth One where, you know, alien immigration is a thing. So you would just have alien characters turning up in the flash or you know, whatever. Yeah, you've got you've got yeah. meta humans, so why not aliens? Yeah. And, it's, um, yeah. It might be an interesting angle to explore for a little while and uh, the suggestion that Oliver's days might be numbered because of this deal he made with the monitor mm. fine, potentially that's that, although I could see them keeping Arrow running but trying to do the legacy type thing. I think they were trying to play with that idea last season when Diggle was the Green Arrow for a bit, mm. just to see if audience would, audiences would accept a show where Oliver Queen and even, wasn't in the costume or whatever. You know, Even this season to an extent, and I know we'll yeah. talk about it more when we're specifically talking about Arrow, so we won't go into the into the things here. They've, they've, they've been setting up bits like that already. Yeah. So there's the the potentials there, but whether the program itself would sort of survive as well without uh, having without Stephen Amell in yeah. there, you know, without his lead, without the person that started it all up. And if you lose your lead, do you then potentially, you know, get other people going? Well, actually, I've had offers to do other things, and I think, you know, yeah, if they're not going to be in it, then I might as well sort of disappear off and have a look at other stuff, and I can come back as a guest character every yeah. once in a while, and it frees me up for a portion of the year to go off and do my own thing. Yeah, I mean, if they hadn't screwed Wally up so much, they could have set him up as a replacement Flash, you know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Supergirl, I guess she's, her hands are kind of tied by like the fact that she's, <laughs> you know, she's the only one. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going to come next, and I'm interested to see how they're going to play it. But uh, but I'm just wondering about all these kind of little things. They might they might try and smoosh the earths together, and they might not. I just don't think they would have the commitment to do it. If they did it, I don't think they would do it properly. I don't think they would have the full-blown commitment to do it. Um, but they, they they have ideas. Like you say, they definitely have ambition for it. They've announced it. They've, they've, they've put it up there already. So they must have a feeling of what they're going to do. They must already have some sort of plan for it, yeah. even if it's not 100% nailed on. They've They've got an idea. So the, funny, the funniest thing was on Twitter and, and Facebook and so on after the final episode of the crossover aired, all they did, you know, nobody was really talking about the episode. Everyone was talking about this title card. That <laughs> it's just that's harsh. It's really harsh. But uh, yeah, we worked ages and ages on this. What's everyone saying? They're saying they're looking forward to the next one. <laughs> so they get yeah, on with it. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you get for broadly spending three episodes setting up something that's next year. And you know, I don't think it's as bad as oh, don't worry, we'll make a good film eventually. You know, the the DC films <laughs> sometimes do, and or the um, or you know, like the Tom Cruise Mummy film or whatever. It's like oh, don't don't worry. This, Here's all the other the, films. Yeah. yeah, this is the crap one, but we'll promise we'll tease a film that you might like and that we'll make in like ten years. Don't um, don't worry, we're boring you of exposition during yeah. this so that you're prepared for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I never yeah. got the impression of that. I mean, like the yeah. the thing is, they introduced the monitor, and the monitor was just there. I'm testing Earths to see who's the best, and it's like, and the best was assumed to have meant strongest, but it's the most morally upright, I guess. And then Kara and Barry are supposed to represent that moral uprightness, mm. um, I which like makes Earth One better than the others, I guess. I know, I know, but but half of the team up from Earth One isn't from Earth One. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it turns it turns out that what would work best for the monitor is visiting other Earths and going, "Well, you're pretty good. You're good. You're good, and you're good." I tell you what, we're all going to do this together. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, original '90s Flash didn't measure up for whatever reason, so yeah, '90s Flash got taken out. Yeah, yeah. So there's all that. It's uh, it's really exciting, and I can't wait. I just can't wait for Crisis on Infinite Earths. I don't know what I'm more excited about. Infinity, Infinity War Two. I'm never going to stop calling it that. Infinity uh, War Two. Yeah, <laughs> Endgame or this. And I think, like, I suppose with Endgame, I kind of know. To an extent, the kind of films that Marvel makes. So I'm, mm. you know, I'm, I'm kind of, even though I don't know what's coming, I kind of know what, that I have a sense of what's coming. Whereas with Crisis on Infinite Earths, I have no sense of what's coming because I have no idea how they're going to do it. You know, with Endgame, I know that there's going to be a film and there's going to be a resolution. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they've got, from a structural point of view, how do they make this show? How do they make this miniseries work? How do they make this concept work? And imagine. What the? Imagine if it's crap, you know they'll, they'll have to go into exile. They'll just you know you'll never be able to see these people again. You know, it's they're, it's they're one writers. of those. It's one of those ones that you look at and you go, well, that should be impossible to do badly. And likewise with this, you're sitting there thinking, you're I think crossing it's nearly over. impossible to do well. Actually, yeah. Well, yeah. this this is the thing. It's like without either 
and it's it's the other end of it. It's like if they do it well, they're going to disappoint a lot of people when they turn around and go, "Oh, by the way, all the shows that you know and love partway through the season have just been flipped on their axis." Enjoy. Yeah. It's yeah. like, but it wasn't the crossover great. It was like you know, the crossover was great. Justin but... Hartley's the Green Arrow again for the rest of the series. <laughs> Stephen Amell is gone. It's like, uh, what you know. <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, and this yeah. Earth Barry didn't get his powers, and yeah. it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kara is now played by this person, you know. Like, um, no, that that's the thing. And I mean, people talk about how there's never consequences to these things. Was there any consequence to Elseworlds? No, not really. Uh, no, nothing changed. Broadly speaking, you know the the invasion crossover didn't really change much. Um, you know, even though uh, they they got a medal from the president, didn't ask her to pardon the Green Arrow, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Crisis on Earth X changed things. It changed bits and pieces. I mean, a lot of it was like furniture moving. You know, you've got characters that are now married and stuff, which you know, like that's fine if you're invested in those relationships. But broadly mm. speaking, doesn't make a lick of difference to the show itself. Uh, no, but, it, it didn't. Yeah, the, the yeah. consequences weren't for what happened during the actual event yeah. during the crossover. Well, I mean, it you was, had the death of Martin Stein, which is yes. significant. But then, Elseworlds didn't do anything like that. I suppose the most significant thing is that Superman's away, which he was anyway. So, you know, the, there's no difference there. Kara is still on her own. She was she was always on her own by choice. So, nothing's changed. Um, crisis on Infinite Earths has to have consequences, and I'm not talking about blowing up Earths that we've never seen before, or don't care about. And you know, if they kill the Smallville Earth, I will never be happy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> imagine just, that just. Like, you get to show the small Vel Earth for about six frames before it gets obliterated uh, for no reason. Well, you son of a... <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what they would do, but... Um, no idea. I don't know what the consequences of it could or should be, but that's the thing. I just have no idea, which is great. No. It's, they've left us guessing, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I look forward to uh, my, my favourite tagline. I look forward to seeing where this is going. But uh, it's, um, yeah. Yeah, so the last agenda point I have is Christmas cheer. We got we did our Anna and the Apocalypse episode, which may or may not be before this one. I don't know. Um, we'll see. We'll see how the editing goes. Uh, yeah. So if you've listened to that, then great. If not, then great. Uh, you, oh, please <laughs> do. Yeah. yeah, and if you've not seen Anna in the Apocalypse yet, and uh, the, it is screening somewhere near you, though it is very, 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 very limited screenings, go and see it. Yeah, please do. Go. Yeah. Or else. So, I think we said it before, but I would like to, on behalf of everyone associated with the podcast and website, wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and I apologise that we didn't get a Christmas episode, a bona fide proper one this year because I don't know why that didn't happen it just didn't. We weren't organised enough, that's what mm. That's what didn't happen. Yeah. Santa manages to deliver presents to kids all around the world over one night, however we were unable to organise <laughs> a, a podcast. Christmas Absolutely. podcast yeah. we have let you down next year Next year, this time next year, hopefully you'll join us for Crisis on Infinite Neil Before Pods, where it'll be some Christmassy thing. 
<laughs> crisis on infinite Christmases. Yeah, crisis on yeah, Inf- cri- infinite Christmases episodes. Yeah. I don't know what we'll do. We'll try and do a Christmas episode next year. It's too late now. We'll do a New Year special. <laughs> a New Year special. No, we won't. We'll just talk about Doctor Who or something. You know? yeah. It's time um, for the best of the year review. Hooray! Yeah. Um. Well, we'd like. I think we'd want to do Aquaman, Bumblebee, and Spider Verse into the new year. I think that's a thing that's going to come. Uh, sounds like Those... I'm not getting a holiday this Christmas. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you, boss. Well, it'll be after Christmas, you know. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, we, we do have that recording on Christmas Day. I hope you know. You know oh, so. yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Um, no, we don't. The, all, don't. the, alter, the alternate Queen's speech. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Craig's nonsense on <laughs> Christmas Day. You just have to... Yeah, nobody listens to it. It's fine. Uh, so, yes. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Phew, so glad we got that identity crisis cleared up. I feel like myself again. So that was our discussion on the DCTV crossover Elseworlds. Thanks to YouTuber Edstein's 1117 for the supplied music. If you like what you heard, then please extend us that Christmas cheer by subscribing. iTunes users, please give us a star rating and a comment. If you want to talk about this or anything else, then hit us up on Facebook or Twitter under Neil Before Blog, or leave a comment on neilbeforeblog.com. As always, we will still join us in the next Neil Before Blog. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.